Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Guild service, uh, whether you're here in person or viewing at home. I'd like to welcome our guest preacher, the Reverend George Lind. Welcome, George. Thank you for coming. Um, and we're so pleased that you're here with us today and accompanied by Mrs. Lind, who's sitting with Vary at the moment. Um, we wondered why George knew so much about the Guild service when I phoned him to arrange to come here. And actually, we discovered his wife is the Vice National Convener. So I think maybe he said a few bits of advice from her. I should like to begin by thanking several people. I'd like to thank Vary and the Kip Session for enabling us to have our service and to Stephen up in the balcony for providing the live streaming. Thank you also to Alan and the choir uh, for their cooperation. We had our concert yesterday, and thank you to all who came and those who helped and gave their support generally to our worthwhile venture. I think a good afternoon was had by all. A big thank you again to the BB uh, for putting up tables on Friday evening. That was a great help and much appreciated. And of course, another big thank you to our excellent property team uh, who attend to our every whim. We do value the ongoing support from our loyal guild members and from the congregation and hope that this will continue and maybe come to join us in the future. Our guild theme this year is We Seeds Big Trees and this is reflected in some of our hymns. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? The Lord is the stronghold of our lives. Of whom shall we be afraid? And so let us stand, if able, for our first hymn. It's from CH4, and the number is 153, Great is Thy Faithfulness, 153.
Good morning. Please join me in prayer. Loving Father, we come before you with thanks and with grateful hearts. You are the light of the world. Help us to let our light shine for you. Forgive us when we fail you, when we are more concerned with the material things than spiritual things. In this troubled world, help us to use our talents and skills to share fellowship and love with others. Help us to grow in faith as we work to grow your kingdom here on earth. We pray that everyone with whom we have contact will feel the special, special peace in and joy in our hearts as we follow the example of Jesus, your son, who taught us when we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's very nice to be here today. And for those watching at home, you're very much part of this service too. I think I'm looking at the right camera. If not, no doubt the engineer will swivel it down to somebody more pretty than I. <laughs> yes, Ray, my wife, is very happy to be here today as well. She has a very busy job as a national vice convener. So busy, when the phone goes at home, I just pick it up and now say, she's out. <laughs> Nobody ever wants me. It's rather after. She has a busy life. And you have coffee after the service, usually? You have coffee? Oh, well. Um, we look forward to making some new friends this morning. I recognise one or two among you. Uh, some came to the Obert Amargau visit, which Oakshire Trinity Church organised last summer. And I know your organist and keyboard player, Alan. Thank you. I didn't know you were around here these days, and I'm very glad of your fellowship too. Thank you. Girls and boys of the front row, there's lots of you today on the front row. I fetched something today that nobody else in the world has ever seen. You're going to be the first in the world to see what I've brought today. You've seen a tray like this before. What's this thing here, do you? A watermelon, yes, they're delicious. You've seen a watermelon before. <laughs> a big sharp knife here. You've seen one of these in the kitchen before. Now, oh, and a kitchen roll in case I make a mess. My wife knows me well. Instead of giving me two sheets, take the lot, she says, I don't know what you're like. <laughs> It's inside the watermelon that nobody has ever seen the inside of this watermelon before. I'm going to cut off a slice of this watermelon. Do you like watermelon? You say you recognize it. Do you actually like watermelon? I love watermelon. Oh, I really do. Well, it's coming away fine. You're the first in the world to see the inside of this watermelon. Oh, there's other girls and boys over there. 
Here's Anne beaming over. She likes them too, because we ate together quite a lot, Ian, Anne and I, on that great holiday. The watermelon, you're the first people in the world to see the inside of this watermelon. I'm going to tell you a story about the watermelon, all the way from Canada. Do you like stories? Hmm, good. Well, so do I. If the older folk don't, they get my wee sleep and read the Bibles. <laughs> Already I need Ray's kitchen roll, of course. There we go. But I didn't cut my finger there. Ray's a nurse as well. I bring her just in case of accident. <laughs> Once upon a time, long, long ago, in the wonderful country of Canada, in the state of Ontario, I think, there lived a very lovely family. A mummy, a daddy, three boys and a wee sister. There's nice names, names that you'll recognise and you're able to pronounce as Russell, Kenny, James and Sandra. And every Sunday after lunch, instead of having a pudding, they would have watermelon. They were a very healthy family. Let's have watermelon for our lunch pudding. And they all said, yummy mummy. One day at lunch, our little Sandra said, I'm not so hungry, mummy. In fact, I'm not very well. I went to my bed. Oh, we were all right. I'll be fine. Maybe eating too much of the main course. So mummy said, well, I'll put your slice of watermelon into the fridge. And it'll be quite safe there until you're feeling better and you'll get it at tea time tonight. And in that family, there we had it on a Sunday after church, after Sunday school, after lunch. They would relax in the afternoon. They had a nice house with all sorts going on. We Sandra was away to her bed, and the three brothers, they would go into the computer room and play computer games. Well, James and Russell were a bit older than we, Kenny. And we, Kenny, kept getting beat. And if you're a wee brother or a wee sister that keeps getting beat, you'll know that soon you switch off. So we, Kenny, thought, I've had enough of this getting beat with the computer games. I'm going outside to read my book. Because they were very lucky. As well as having a house, they had a tree house in the garden, in a beautiful garden, and he climbed the wooden steps up into the tree house which their daddy had built and began to leaf through his favourite book, which was the Guinness Book of Records. Wow, he said, look at all these amazing records. Then he flipped the page and he came to Watermelon. Oh, I've just had one of these. I love Watermelon. And in this page it said that the world record for spitting watermelon seeds was 68 feet and 9 inches. And in your language, that's 23 meters. 23 meters! Wow, that's cool! Where could I get a slice of watermelon? Where do you think you could find a slice of watermelon? In the fridge. And whose slice of watermelon did that belong to? Little Sandra. Well, down he went. Tiptoed past the computer door, past Sandra's bedroom door where she was sleeping. Mummy and Daddy were watching the box. Nobody noticed and he slipped that watermelon slice safely away and back up into his treehouse. He began to eat it. Mm. Then he came across a seed and he went. <laughs> now don't worry, I didn't spit. I'm just making a noise. <laughs> Yes, mate, this is on film, by the way. <laughs> the General Assembly have a committee of the discipline ministers who spit in the church. That was really good. Of course, that went quite far. Hmm. Here's two. 
So, he says, well, if I trim it down a bit, maybe she'll not notice. So I trimmed all the way along the top. Hmm. <laughs> no seeds there. Well, some further down. Hmm. She might not notice this. I've just got a few minutes to talk to you. If you like watermelon so much, I'll give you one to take through to the Sunday school. You can all chop it up with this knife which has been untouched by human feet. It's all very <laughs> hygienic. You can have this water. It's very easy to slice and very easy to eat. A wee favour, don't spit the pips on the floor. Well, the watermelon disappeared and he popped it in the bin. He put the rind in the bin and thought, I'm finished. And <laughs> if they find out, I really am finished. Tea time came round. They all had their tea and Sandra said, Mummy, I would like my watermelon now. I'll just get it for you. <laughs> Who took the watermelon, boys? I'm one of three boys as well. I know what boys say, not me, not me, not me. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. Not me, not me, not me, said Kenny with a blush. Well, one of you is telling a lie. Who is it? Not me, not me, not me. One of them was. And the dad said, well, it's got to be one of you three boys. Nobody else was in this house. Mummy and Daddy didn't take it. We know that. We were together. Sandra didn't take it. She was expecting it. One of you three boys is telling a lie. Until one of you owns up. There'll be no more watermelon on Sundays for you. Well, they were mad at each other. Which one was it? Not me, not me, not me. The weeks went by. Kenny got quieter at the dinner table. His mummy and daddy noticed this wee guy is not behaving as he usually does. We know it's him. How can we find out? Because it's important that he learns to tell the truth. And at their family prayers, they were reading the Bible, came across this wonderful text in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. People will reap exactly what they sow. Blush. <laughs> Still they didn't own up. A few weeks later, because that had been springtime into summer, Daddy was out tending the garden. Come and help me with the garden wee Kenny. So helping in the garden, Daddy said, that's funny. There's green shoots growing up <laughs> in a semicircle. He looked up and he saw the tree house. He thought, aha, no, it's going around there. I didn't plant these. What are these, I wonder? Oh, good, they're watermelon. Blush. Oh, good, said Kenny. We'll get lots of watermelon someday when they grow. Oh, yes, that'll be right, said Daddy. That will be right. <laughs> so the watermelon grew. And Daddy said, now, boys, one of you went into that tree house. One of you spat the seeds out. Which one was it? Oh, Daddy, it was me, said Kenny eventually. He couldn't bear the guilt anymore. And you know, adults, and I know as well, if you're hiding a secret that's not been exposed and forgiven and repented of, that's the religious word we use for saying sorry to God, it changes your life. It's a burden. It changes your personality. It's an awful thing. And he cried. I'm very sorry, Sandra. It was me. I was frightened to own up. Daddy said, we knew it was you all the time. How did you know? You're different. You blush. You're quiet. You're not your same happy self. We knew that you were carrying a burden that you didn't need to carry. Now, Kenny, you've done very wrong, and the boys have suffered as well. There are always consequences for doing wrong things. Every action has a consequence. We're willing to forgive you if you're really, really sorry. And he was very sorry. And the family love and fellowship was restored because he had owned up eventually and his brothers forgave him too. 
It's a wee story about watermelon seeds. On a day where the girls have been thinking and will be thinking about wee seeds and big trees, wee seeds do grow into big things. Wee lies that you tell grow into big lies. You get into the habit of telling lies and getting off with them. It becomes a lifestyle. I lost a friend at primary school because I told a lie. I've never forgotten that. The first lie I ever told. We made friends eventually again, I'm glad to say, but I lived for a long time very, very guiltily, knowing my friendship with Angus had changed. And you don't need to, when you've got a loving Heavenly Father who forgives, and folks, any of you of any age, child or adult, you can know this. There is one prayer in the Bible that God always answers immediately with the word yes, and it's this, will you forgive me? And when our hearts are filled with guilt and memories of wrongdoing and they are burdened, hear this when you are truly sorry and come to God for forgiveness and you ask his forgiveness, God always says yes. I got lots of folks say, oh God doesn't hear my prayers, God doesn't answer my prayers. God always answers the one prayer that's the most important prayer you can ever pray, Father forgive me. Because we all need forgiveness most in life. I'm going to start preaching and go on here and I'm going to stop. Remember the story and remember the verse. People will reap exactly what they sow. Young Kenny reaped the consequences. He got nowhere near 23 metres by the way. I think it was about 10 feet because that's where all the watermelon is. So I hope when you take this through to your Sunday school classroom, you'll enjoy a slice of watermelon together. I'll keep this one here. And I'll pop these into the bag, and it's all nice and hygienic, and the teachers will have a knife. I've done it the wrong way around, really. too bad. And just in case the teachers cut their fingers off, or make a mess, I'll pop the kitchen roll in the bag as well, they can carry it through. So, after we sing the children's sing me all the through to the Sunday school, one child can take this bag, one child can take that bag, a teacher can take the kitchen roll, and a teacher can take the knife and the tray. And I'll keep this, thank you very much. That will save me drinking water during the service. All there for you. And I think we're going to sing the next hymn, which is All Things Right and Beautiful. Sorry? Have I to announce that? There's somebody in the week hanging into I will now formally announce the next hymn is All Things Bright and Beautiful. And it's hymn number 137. 137. Thank you.
the many intimations, I would just like to add my welcome to our visiting minister this morning. Although I do have to draw him up on one thing. Uh, I didn't see the advanced copy of the risk assessment for use of an ice in the <laughs> chancel area. <laughs> anyway, um, intimations are mainly on the order of service, so we'll quickly run through them. First most important one, session meeting on Tuesday of this week at 7.30 in the outreach centre. And as usual, a good attendance of all the elders is expected. There will be no guild tomorrow. The next meeting is Monday the 27th of February at 2 o'clock. The Lenten Bible studies will recommence again weekly on Tuesdays, uh, starting on the 28th of February, running through to the 28th of March, and that will be in the Outreach Centre. The various events that are running in the Outreach Centre for uh, advancement of skills, etc., are detailed there. The Connect Hub meets on Tuesday between 1.30 and 3.30, again in the Outreach Centre. The Friendly Hour meets on Tuesday at 2 o'clock in the Cossyside Buildings, and the guests will be the Glenifer High Music Group. Next week is Ice Cream Sunday, which is always a great attraction for the children. They're doing a poster, and no doubt they'll bring them into the church afterwards. Safeguarding training um, for elders and others that need to do so. Uh, dates are there. Jean tells me that the trustee training on Monday the 20th of March is already full, so don't rush for that one. In fact, don't rush for any of them if you want me honest opinion. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jean, didn't say that. Um, men's breakfast are hosting a ladies' afternoon tea on Saturday the 18th of March from 2 to 4. Uh, tickets are available from Stuart or Kenny. Uh, there is a yellow insert in the Pew leaflet with the proposed social events. Uh, I'm not going to run through them all, um, but they all look very enticing. So get your requests in now into the silver boxes that are at all the doors. And lastly, a pair of glasses were found in the church this morning. Um, if anybody has lost a pair of glasses and can't see, see me in the session house. <laughs> See me in the session house afterwards and I'll give them to them. I'm counting the collections. I'll be there for a wee while. Thank you very much. I think I'll miss the good morning. We've had enough of them. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Psalms. Psalm 1, reading from verses 1 to 3. Happy is the one who takes not the counsel of the wicked for a guide, or follow the path that sinners tread, or take a seat in the company of scoffers. His delight is in the law of the Lord. It is his meditation day and night. He is like a tree planted beside the water channels. It yields its fruit in season, as foliage never fades. So he too prospers in all he does. Amen. Our next hymn is hymn number 229, We Plough the Fields and Scatter. <laughs>
Bible reading this morning is taken from the book of Matthew. Matthew, reading from verses 39 to 48. But what I tell you is this, do not resist those who wrong you. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn and offer him the other also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your cloak as well. If someone in authority presses you into service for one mile, go with him too. Give to anyone who asks, and do not turn your back on anyone who wants to borrow. You have heard that they were told, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But what I tell you is this, love your enemy and pray for your persecutors. Only so can you be children of the Heavenly Father, who causes the sun to rise on good and bad alike, and sends the rain on the innocent and the wicked. If you love only those who love you, what reward can you expect? Even the tax collectors do as much as that. If there's extraordinary about that, even the heathens do as much. There must be no limit to your goodness, as your Heavenly Father's goodness knows no bound. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you for these lovely readings today. Um, your session plan mentioned that the start of his intervention, the most important one was the Kirk session meeting. I disagree. You're having an ice cream Sunday next week. That's pretty important to me. Good session makes sure you are there at your session meeting and you might get an extra ice cream next week. Well, I think you must be using a different version of the Bible from me, and I liked how that verse was rendered. At the very end of the passage there, there must be no limit to your goodness. I use the New International Version and the Message Version, and so the one that's more common is the one that's used in the New International, be perfect, therefore, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Shall we pray? Guide us, O God, by your word and your spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth, freedom, and in your will discover your peace. This we pray through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As I mentioned earlier, I know your keyboard player and organist rather well. He played for our choir in Kilmarnock when I sang with the Kilmarnock Choral Union. I'm wondering if your church organist, stroke, keyboard player ever hits a wrong note, which is unlikely, but if he ever does, how do you react? If your favourite golfer hits the ball the wrong way, what is your response? If your favourite TV English newsreader pronounces the name Mulgai wrong, <laughs> what do you do? Clearly you laugh. <laughs> well, with your church keyboard player, I hope you go and thank him for the 3,682 notes that he played perfectly. But I'll guarantee you, see, you hit a bum note this morning. <laughs> I've been there too. With your golfer, you'll suck in your breath and say, even I could have hit a better shot than that. 
and for you TV news readers stumbling over that peculiar word no guide you'll have a good laugh for he should have known better near to Maguire there's a place called Bears Den I suppose you've heard of it when Ray and I lived down in Gallery a lovely couple came to live near us we had a caravanette and loved going all over the place we went to the Trossachs once and we came home through a lovely little town called Beersden. <laughs> so I've never heard Beersden mispronounced, no guy often. You see, we look for perfection when it comes to music, sport, and professional announcers. And we look for perfection when it comes to the lives of high-profile people, especially high-profile people of faith. And we look for perfection in other people's lives. What about when it comes to our own? What standards do we set? And more importantly, what standards does God set? Well, he sets a very high one here according to the NIV version of Matthew 5 and 48. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. When it comes to God, Jesus doesn't make it very easy for us. But that was his way. His way was to make us think. <coughs> Be perfect. In all the versions except the one that you use, in all the versions I consulted, the Good News, the Authorised, the NIV, the Living Bible, the New Revised Standard Version, and even my favourite J.B. Phillips, they all say perfect. And I read these with great sorrow and thought there's no hope for any of us then. Help. We all look for a perfect church. Is there such one? No. We all look for a perfect minister. Certainly the one in the pulpit isn't. We look for a perfect presbytery. Oh, we have a good go at them now that they're all merged and looking at presbytery plans and not getting our corner of the vineyard quite right. No, there's no such thing as a perfect presbytery. And as to the guild, you might think you've got a perfect guild, but I'm sure it isn't. But they're good people. And it's been a joy communicating with Pat as she has shaped this fine service. Now friends, we all need help. And where do I seek it? Well, I sought it in the Greek New Testament. Now I'm not going to start quoting Greek words to you. Preachers that do that turn congregations off. That's a technical language that we learn in the Bible with. And it helps us translate and understand and interpret better. There's a very fine feature who knew Greek inside out, and he never used it in public, as far as I know. What he would say is, I know a little Greek. When I go to his tailor shop with my ripped trousers, he will say to me, Euripides? <laughs> yes. Then he'll reply, I'm Endides. And that's all the Greek you get from R.C. Sproul. <coughs> However, the Greek for this word means whole, complete, mature, Full grown. That's a wonderful, wholesome word for the word perfect. Did you get that? Whole, complete, mature, full grown, or in your revised English Bible that you use here, let there be no limit to your goodness. I like how the message version translates this. It's wonderful. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives towards you. That's not easy, but it's more understandable. 
We're not going to take it lightly if a fellow church member asks us to do an exercise that they're not willing to do themselves. Jesus doesn't ask anything of us that he won't do himself, or more importantly, help us to do. He did say in that famous passage in Matthew 11, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He is our fellow yoke bearer. He bears the burden of life and carries it with us and for us. One person whose name has been melted into history, so it's anonymous, quoted this. The values we live by are worth more when we pass them on. Jesus lived all of these values in this famous Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. But he passed on these values and he passes on the power to live by them when we are Christians and indwelt by his Spirit. This is not a burden. This is something that Jesus helps us with. What does he ask of us in this passage? This is radical stuff. This is a way beyond all the heat and emotion and uh, nonsense that buzzes around the church when it comes to presbytery planning and procedure and practice and pen pushing. This is radical. He asks us in this passage to turn the other cheek. Somebody asks for your jacket, give them your coat as well. Somebody wants to go a mile with you, go the second mile. If there's a beggar, help him. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Be perfect, he is saying. Be whole, complete, mature, full-grown. And as the message version puts it, live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. You might be thinking, well, I thought religion was just all about sitting in church singing a few hymns, especially ones that I have known for a long time. Don't hit me with any of your new stuff, thank you very much. So religion is about my favourite hymns and the way that prayers are offered and my favourite version of the Lord's Prayer and funerals and baptisms and weddings. Wrong. Jesus says nothing about these when he's giving us this list of directions into how to live perfectly. An atheist go through all the motions that we do religiously. They're all surface things, if that is our aim, just to get through it as a minimalist and be a surface Christian. An atheist could do that stuff. But true religion, true rightness with God is from within and part of it will express itself in acts of Christian worship with other Christians and in acts of sacrificial service to other people, whether or not they're Christians. I love reading through your notices and what you're doing in your mission centre and reaching the community with ways of relevant, loving, caring, self-sacrificial means of serving. What a good way to live generously and graciously toward others, the way God lives toward you. Well, can we live that way? Yes, we can. And here are two examples of wee seeds becoming big trees. Whole, complete, mature, full-grown big trees. I hope some of you have heard the name Corrie Ten Boom. If not, go and beg, borrow, buy and steal any book from Corrie Ten Boom. A woman who was imprisoned in Ravenswood with her sister Betsy after a traitor rumbled them and reported them to the Nazis for hiding Jewish families. Corrie ten Boom said this, There is no pit so deep 
that he is not deeper still. The wee seed of her faith had been forged and formed by her father, Casper, who was asked if he knew that he could die for helping Jews. He replied, it would be an honour to give my life for God's ancient people. And he did, in fact, give his life. The four ten booms gave their lives of this family's commitment, but Corrie came home from the death camp. Her sister Betsy died there. From the wee seed of her godly and brave father's example, a big tree in her life grew as she realized that her life was a gift from God himself. And she needed to share what she and Betsy had learned in Ravensbrook. There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And also, God will give us the love to be able to forgive our enemies. At age 53, Corrie began a worldwide ministry, which took her into more than 60 countries in the next 33 years. She testified to God's love and encouraged all she met with the message that Jesus is victor. God will give us the love to be able to forgive our enemies. And she was tested in that very saying when she was brought face to face with a concentration gap camp guard whom she recognised. This guy had been brutal and vile towards her and Betsy and many others. He got converted and was part of a church which she addressed at a big convention. He came up to shake her hand and thank her. He didn't recognise her but she recognised him. Oh it's a moving read when you read of the problem she had and even raising her eyes towards him, far less her hand. As he reached out to his hand, she said, God, help me. And as she lifted her hand toward his, to shake his hand, he not realizing who she was, she said, a surge of supernatural power flowed through my hand, and a surge of love and forgiveness flowed out to that man who had been so cruel, so brutal, so horrid to me and my sister and others in the camp. And she told him about that and was able to tell him that she forgave him. And he accepted that forgiveness with tears. Connie was a woman who was faithful to God. Connie died on her 91st birthday. It's interesting that her passing occurred on her birthday. In the Jewish tradition, it's only very blessed people who are allowed the special privilege of dying on their birthday. And Corrie Ten Boom was given that privilege. There's another seed that grew in the heart of a man who had learned to forgive and reach out. Ennis Killen, Remembrance Day in November 1987, was a day when people were blown up, thrown forward, rubble and stones and whatever was around them and over them was evidence of the bomb that took place that day. Gordon Wilson wrote, I was aware of a pain in my right shoulder. I shouted to my daughter, Mary, was she all right? And she said, yes. She found my hand and said, is that your hand, Dad? Now remember, he said, we were under six foot of rubble. I said, are you all right? And she said, yes. But she was shouting in between. Three or four times I asked her, and she always said, yes, she was all right. The fifth time, are you all right, Mary? Daddy, 
I love you very much. And then she fell silent. And some days later died in hospital. Gordon kept hold of her hand until they were removed from that rubble. Somebody came and pulled them out. I said, I'm all right, but for God's sake, my daughter is lying right beside me. I don't think she's too well. She didn't die there. She died later in hospital. How I miss my daughter. But I bear no ill will. I bear no grudge. I loved her. She was a nurse and she loved her job. She was a pet. She's dead. She's in heaven and we'll meet again. Don't ask me please for a purpose. I don't have a purpose. I don't have an answer. But I know there has to be a plan. If I didn't think that, I would commit suicide. It's part of a greater plan and God is good and we shall meet again. From the wee seed planted in his heart by Jesus in our gospel reading, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Jesus lived that way and we know that. Thanks to him living that way and dying that way that we have any hope of forgiveness of our sins and eternal life and a home in heaven. The values we live by are worth more when we pass them on and Jesus passes these values on. When we are converted and indwelt by the Holy Spirit, he gives us that power. Now there are great examples of that power reaching us through an old book of guilt history of we seeds being sown and becoming great examples of faith which have been passed on. Take for example the wee seeds sown in the school of the tiny village of Womfrey. Where's that you see? We've heard of Nogai, we've heard of Bears Den. Some of us have never heard of Womfrey. It's a wee village near Moffat. It was in Womfrey Village School that the Guild's founder, Dr. Archibald Charteris, was educated by his own father, who was the schoolmaster. That schoolmaster, a man of faith, was able to prepare his pupils so well for higher education that some went straight from that village school to university, as Charteris did at the age of 14. He went to Edinburgh University, one of its brightest stars. From that very village school in the time of Dr. Charteris there went out, wait for this, 10 ministers, 19 doctors, 11 teachers and many successful businessmen, all people connected with Charters from that one wee school where a schoolmaster, a man of faith, promoted the word of God and taught the children faithfully. In the good old days when every parish had its own church, its own manse, its own school, its own minister and its own schoolmaster. Now three of that schoolmaster's pupils became moderators of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland. His own son Archibald Charters was one of them. What big trees grew from that wee seed sown by the schoolmaster in Womfrey? 
Friends, never look down on smallness or on wee places like Womfrey you've never heard about. Jesus never looked down on smallness. He spoke of his kingdom in metaphors. One was the smallness of the mustard seed, but it grew into a massive shrub. And here in Matthew 5, he is sowing seeds of the kingdom. By his strength and grace, we are able to live as he says. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, whole, complete, mature, full-grown. Christ will give you that power. Thanks be to God. Amen. We sing a lovely hymn of thanksgiving, number 181, for the beauty of the earth. is brought forward 
during which time the choir will sing the anthem. You may recall that the choir has sung this anthem fairly recently, but they do it so well that we've had the, the, the privilege of requesting it again. Thank you for the choir. God, we bring these gifts of money and our time and talents, asking that they be used as we seeds to grow with your blessing, 
into the big trees of love and caring that will make your world a better place. Amen. Let us pray for others. Dear Lord, we ask your blessing on all these services that help to make our lives better. NHS, police, fire service, to name but a few. Be with all those in trouble situations through drought, flooding, or war, and comfort them. Thank you for your love and guidance throughout our lives. Help us to support the projects chosen by the Guild. Guild all the members, office bearers, and leaders of this great movement. Bless our royal fam family, government, and world leaders. Keep them safe and guide them to lead us forward. We ask this in Jesus' name, whose we are and whom we serve. Amen. Next hymn is 458 at the name of Jesus. <coughs>
now let us go from here to sow small seeds that they may grow into big trees. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Thank you. 